0: Now, first off, how would we describe shock? (laughs) Welcome to the fantasy! (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Hi, everybody. It's the Shock Fantasy Podcast. This is Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter. And it's Tuesday, December 1st. It's the evening uh, prior to the conclusion of Week 12, where Baltimore and Pittsburgh are going to square off tomorrow afternoon. We hope to make sure that uh, Week 12 comes to a conclusion in a weird Wednesday afternoon football game. But uh, instead of the normal waiver Wire podcast today... I thought I'd try something a little different, and I think, it's, I think you're going to like it, and I think it's going to help you, especially people who are in redraft leagues right now. So it's time to look for the holes in your fantasy lineups during your playoff run. And in most leagues, your trade deadline has passed, so you're destined to kind of work the wire to find help. In many cases, you're not going to bench your studs. That makes sense, right? But is Lamar Jackson a no-doubt stud right now, or how about Tom Brady? or Melvin Gordon, or Kenyon Drake, or Allen Robinson, or Robert Woods. I I think you get what I'm saying. I don't know if you can feel completely confident blindly starting any of the mentioned names in your fantasy playoffs. So you need to make sure that you have good matchups for each of your guys. And if there's a a red flag on your matchup, you need to avoid those super tough defenses in your playoffs because it's one and done. It's just like a guillotine league. You're out, you're out. So today I'm going to highlight four guys at each of the positions. Uh, A plug-and-play player for week 14, week 15, and week 16, your fantasy playoffs. And one guy to sabotage drop right now at three of the four positions. Let's start with the quarterback position. Ooh, I can do this still. Quarterback! Yeah! Yeah! Um, these are more for two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues, but in a deeper one quarterback league, they could be very viable. So let's start with the guy that you should pick up for the week 14 game alone. And remember, you're looking at holes in your lineups. You're looking, Oh man, both of my quarterbacks on my roster right now, they have crap matchups in week 14. Maybe I need to pick up a guy like Andy Dalton, who's going up, against the Cincinnati Bengals in a revenge game. Andy Dalton's only 4% owned right now. And you don't think Andy Dalton wants to kick his old team's ass right now? Yeah. That's the first thing right there. Second, the Bengals may be in full-on tank mode after losing Joe Burrow a couple weeks ago. They weren't a great team with him. They're horrible without him right now, and that includes a very bad defense. Third, as weird as it sounds, the Cowboys can still win their division, and they have something to play for especially in week 14, since he should be the easiest win, if you can call it a win, on their remaining schedule. Everyone else they play, the Cowboys, is still in contention. And finally, outside of playing the Giants in Washington in the last two weeks, the Bengals have allowed the prior six quarterbacks they faced to throw for multiple touchdowns, half of those through for three or more. So I kind of like Andy Dalton in the revenge game angle here. And we're going to talk a few more Cowboys later in this podcast. For week 15, Alex Smith versus Seattle. Alex Smith is 8% owned and he's playing against Seattle and this this doesn't need some sort of crazy over-explanation. Every quarterback to face Seattle this year has either thrown for 300 yards or multiple scores and it's only Stu Beard and Cam Newton who didn't throw for more than one touchdown against the Seahawks and each of them scored on the ground. How about that? Alex Smith probably won't run one in in this one with this surgically repaired knee, but Washington is also in playoff contention. They're tied for first in the NFC East right now, and Smith hasn't had the big cut loose game yet, and this could really be it against that Seattle defense. I mean, Seattle made Carson Wentz, even though he looked bad in the game, he put up decent numbers from a fantasy perspective in that game, and I think Alex Smith can too. Pick up for week 16 of your playoffs. It's Baker Mayfield. He's 19% owned. He's playing against the Jets in week 16. Uh, No need for over-explanation because it's the Jets. Baker hasn't been asked to do too much this year, but he's put up good numbers against absolute trash teams. And insert the Jets in your fantasy championship. Yeah, I I have him in one of my two quarterback leagues. He's definitely going to be a guy I'm going to try to start in week 16 if I'm around then. It's probable that Cleveland will have locked up a wild card at this point or need this game to lock one up. And it's also probable that Kevin Stefanski might want to try a few things in this game, maybe show some things, like the fact that Cleveland has a passing offense, maybe just to show it for the possible playoff matchups, just to throw everybody off the scent of Nick Chubb here. I think Baker Mayfield's in a good spot in Week 16. Finally, your sabotage drop is matt ryan he's 85 percent owned right now and the falcons giant win against the raiders last week that was fool's gold ryan only managed 185 yards and two scores he has only two games this year where he's topped 300 yards and thrown for multiple scores in the same game that was week one against seattle and week six against minnesota Julio Jones has some nagging injuries. So does Todd Gurley. It's a lame duck coaching staff. There's not a lot for the veterans to play for on this team. And in his fantasy playoff schedule, he gets the Chargers, Tampa, and Kansas City. Those three teams combine for a top five most difficult fantasy playoff schedule, specifically Tampa and Kansas City. Very bad. So I would love to see you sabotage drop Matt Ryan right now and see if anybody will either spend a whole bunch of fab on him or clog those bench spots on rosters. Clogging bench spots is something to be said here. Clog them up with players who people might be tempted to play in one way or another. And they're probably not going to put up good numbers for a lot of different reasons. All right, let's go to the running back. Oh, your pickup for week 14 is Jamal Williams. He's 45% owned The Packers played Detroit in Week 14, and that's a good matchup. The last time the Packers played Detroit, Green Bay hung 42 points on the Lions with ease earlier this season. Jamal Williams, by the way, had eight carries for 63 yards in that game. And Williams had 17 carries for 73 yards in a score last week in a similar blowout win against Chicago. And Aaron Jones, he really hasn't been in perfect health this year. Frankly, neither has Devontae Adams, and when Devontae Adams is down it's usually Jamal Williams who kind of steps up a little bit more in the passing game too. If either falters or needs additional rest in a week, Williams seems to be the guy who's stepping up in either case. So the Packers have a decent chance of locking up the division with a win here in week 14. Uh, It's probably going to have some garbage time to it. So I'd pick up Williams as a possible guy that you can even start, but definitely if you're the Aaron Jones owner, you want to stash him just in case anything goes wrong. So uh, he would be a priority if you were an Aaron Jones owner. Uh, your pickup for week 15 is Latavius Murray. He's 46% owned. He faces the Chiefs in week 15. And in what could possibly be Drew Brees' first game back, or maybe it's Taysom Hill's last game at quarterback, who knows? Either way. The Chiefs have been weaker against the run than the pass on the season, and if you look at the tape, there's a lot of instances of good running back days against the Chiefs this year, but they happen when an opposing defense can keep it remotely close, and I think the Saints defense is up to that task. Murray has had double-digit touches in 8 of 11 games this year, which is somewhat surprising for the second running back on a roster. Tampa and Green Bay are the two teams that the Saints have played this year that were above average, just above average teams. Everybody else has been pretty bad that the Saints have played. In those three games, and two of them were against the Bucs, Murray averaged 13 touches per game. That's pretty good. I think 13 touches against the Chiefs is uh, is right in the wheelhouse there. And If you give me 13 touches against a team that's not very good against running backs, I kind of like it. Will the Saints try to play ball control against the Chiefs, either with Hill at quarterback or with a first-game back Drew Brees? Yes, they're not going to try to play a shootout. So that involves a heavy dose of Latavius Murray in this one. Your pickup for week 16 is Zach Moss. He's 48% owned. That's a charge favorite right here, and we're never going to live it down when Moss wins people fantasy leagues. He gets the Patriots in week 16, a team he beat for 81 yards and two touchdowns the last time they faced, which was in week eight. Uh, This one is at New England. And in week 16 at New England, clinching a division title in Gillette Stadium. Can you imagine anything sweeter for the Buffalo Bills? The Pats have been very leaky against runners, especially near the stripe, and that's where Zach Moss can get you paid. Kenyon Drake scored twice last week uh, on some shorties. Remember, Jeff Wilson had a three-score game earlier this year against the Patriots. It's not that same Pats run defense, and they should be halfway to the golf course by Week 16, so I like Zach Moss as a pickup for Week 16. Your sabotage drop, it's not really that... uh, that uh, surprising here. I think it's David Johnson, who's 81% owned. I think the surprising thing is he's 81% owned, frankly. He's currently on IR, but he's eligible to come back this week against the Colts. Then he gets, after the Colts this week in week 13, he gets the Bears and then the Colts again in 14 and 15. And there's no way anyone would consider starting him, specifically when he hasn't been good... His offense got worse this week following Will Fuller's suspension. There's no way that you can feel comfortable starting him in any of those three games. So he's going to have a bad track record heading into week 16, which is against Cincinnati. But if you drop him now and some dumb team picks him up and maybe starts him, he's out of your hair and he's done his job. He's eliminated another team in the league. You don't need to keep him on your bench all year. Him on your bench... Just hurting your bench score doesn't help you in any way. Get rid of him. Throw him out to the Wolves. Let's see if somebody uh, throws a little bit of fab on him. Drop him as soon as the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game goes final. Let someone else pick him up and clog up their bench. All right, next position. Wide receiver. Ah, your pickup for week 14. I alluded to it a little bit earlier. It's the Cowboys' Michael Gallup who's 41% owned. I'm matching him up with Andy Dalton in this one against the Bengals. Gallup is actually averaging seven targets per game in the three games that Andy Dalton has started and finished, which isn't too shabby. And the Bengals have allowed the fourth most touchdowns to wide receivers on the year. So Michael Gallup, kind of an interesting play here in a in a very weak matchup in week 14. Your pickup for week 15, another Michael, Michael Pittman Jr. He's 37% owned right now, and it should be higher. He takes on Houston in week 15, That's the same Houston team that just lost cornerback Bradley Roby for the remainder of the year due to a PED infraction. So their defense is just going to get worse, and they already allowed the third most touchdowns to the wide receiver position this year. And while Pittman probably had a disappointing week to a lot of people in week 12, and his running mate T.Y. Hilton had a really nice week, don't be fooled. Pittman still had nine targets in that game. That's the most he'd ever had in a game in his career. And while he only had two catches in the game, I think big things are coming for Michael Pittman. Keep an eye on him. And uh, you can pick up Pittman for week 15. Your pickup for week 16 is Alan Lazard, who gets Tennessee. Uh, You could actually spot start him in week 14 as well against Detroit. So this is kind of a double whammy. I like picking him up uh, as soon as you can. He's 28% owned right now. The Packers should have the division on lockdown at this point, but they could be playing for a number one seed as they currently hold the tiebreaker over the Saints by a head-to-head win. Uh, The Titans have allowed the sixth most yards per game to the wide receiver position, and Lazard scored last week against the Bears as they continue to ease him back into the wide receiver two slot after his core muscle surgery. I like Lazard a lot. I think that he's a a decent plug-and-play guy for week 14 and 16. So a good pickup here. Your sabotage drop, DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers. And this is probably the most shocking one. He's 96% owned right now. Now, obviously, this is for a redraft league with no keeper or dynasty implications here. But there's a lot working against DJ Moore here. First, and most importantly, he just hasn't vibed with Teddy Bridgewater all year. They seem to speak a different language. Robbie Anderson is very viable in that offense. So is Curtis Samuel. But for some weird reason, DJ Moore just goes off once every eight games. And one of those games was with PJ Walker at quarterback. And he's been virtually invisible the rest of the year. He's got a bye this week. And I think a lot of people would throw a ton of fab at, at uh, him this week, even if you drop him for this week. You can't start him this week, obviously, with, with the bye week coming up. But he's also got an ankle injury that you might have missed at the tail end of the Week 12 game against Minnesota. It forced him out of that game, and he's not necessarily healthy to go against Denver in Week 14, and his playoff run is tough. Denver's been very good against wide receivers all year. Green Bay, where it's very possible that he could get the Jair Alexander treatment, and then Washington in your fantasy championship game, and they've been absolutely awesome against wide receivers this year. I believe in the shock fantasy metric, they're the second best wide receiver defense in the league. So I think you can sabotage drop DJ Moore. Let him clog up somebody's roster, let him clog up somebody's starting lineup and sink their ship. All right, final position. Tight end. My pickup for week 14 is a little bit of a cop out and a little bit of beating a dead horse here, but I got Dalton Schultz at 30% owned. And frankly, the tight end position is just weird. And if you're spot starting a tight end right now, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really difficult. Uh, I am going to have a few Cowboys in my week 14 lineups against Cincinnati. Uh, depending on the scoring system, the Bengals are anywhere from the fifth worst to the absolute worst tight end defense in the league. And if you're really streaming tight ends, Dalton Schultz isn't terrible, but there's a handful of good like mid-range guys, uh, the guys that you might you know not want to start because they have up and down games. But... You know, Johnu, Janu, Hunter Henry, Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews, just to name a few. Those guys, I like their matchups in week 14. So you're probably going to start them anyway. But again, look for the holes in your lineup. If you have a big hole in week 14, Dalton Schultz could be a guy who helps you out. Your pickup for week 15. This one made me a little queasy. Uh, Tyler Higby. Actually, all the tight ends made me a little queasy. Uh, Higby's 45% owned. Uh, again, all of these tight ends are extremely dangerous. And Higby has that crazy upside, but also the crazy downside and a matchup with the jets that gives you the little bit of the upside taste here. Um, the jets have allowed tight ends to score nine times on the season. I don't have the button. I should probably, it's almost nine o'clock. We've got to go to work. That's the best thing I have. I should probably get nine times on my little button bar here, um, All three of his touchdowns, Higby's touchdowns, that is, this came in one game against Buffalo. So maybe he likes playing the AFC East. Maybe that's the angle here. So Tyler Higby, he can be your week 15 pickup. Your week 16 pickup, Jimmy Graham, who's 50% owned right now. Jacksonville is the matchup in week 16. And the Jags are tied with the Jets for the most touchdowns allowed to the tight end position at nine again. Who knows if it's Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles starting in this one, but if it's Foles, you got that revenge game angle against the Jaguars, and Foles really does love Graham near the end zone, targeted him a lot in the end zone. It's still gross to start a bear in any fantasy championship game, but uh, if you're absolutely desperate for a tight end in Week 16 and you're looking at some of the holes there, Jimmy Graham's the guy. And a sabotage drop for the tight end position, Unfortunately, there's not one. I, I, I looked, I tried to come up with one that made sense, but but really the guys that you would drop, they're not really a sabotage drop. It's not going to, to help or hurt. And every other tight end's kind of just got one good matchup, a couple of bad matchups or two decent matchups and you know, kind of middle of the road stuff. Uh, I should mention that Darren Waller has the toughest tight end schedule the rest of the way. But I still wouldn't drop him at this point because it's just the tight end wasteland. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone who could be considered a sabotage drop or, and, not, and not just an idiotic drop at this point. So uh, I, I don't think that uh, there is a sabotage drop for the final thing. Sorry to disappoint you on the the final guy in the, in the thing. Maybe I should have started with the tight end position. Maybe I will next time. Yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah. Austin likes it when I start with the tight end. I am the smartest man! Okay. All right. Uh, I thank you guys for supporting Shock Fantasy all this year. Uh, I'm going to keep doing a few podcasts uh, as we go. Uh, Probably do a nice little uh, Thursday night matchup when we have the Thursday night matchups back. But until then, uh, we're just going to go with most of these on Fantasy Football Weekly. All 15 of the games this week will be highlighted on Fantasy Football Weekly this week. Uh, It's going to be Charch, Brian Johnson, and Scott Fish again on this week's show. Uh, I'll be back the following week on Fantasy Football Weekly. And uh, make sure that you listen to those guys. They know their stuff. They're going to steer you the right way. They're going to help you win a fantasy championship. So, for Matt Harrison, at Explosive Output on Twitter, at Shock Fantasy on Twitter, I thank you for listening. Please rate and review the Shock Fantasy podcast wherever you can. I think that this was a particularly good informative episode and if you liked it if you liked this bit of free content all i'm asking in return subscribe rate review that's it it'll take you 10 minutes no it won't even take you 10 minutes it'll take you one minute one minute come on come on baby come on you got it (laughs) yeah i know i'm begging all right thank you guys for listening we'll talk to you next time on the shock fantasy podcast